0: Hi, this is Alana Terry. You're listening to season three of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. This season's Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook is Torn Asunder, a Christian suspense novel set in North Korea, written by me, Alana Terry, narrated by Pamela Lawrence, and sponsored by our Patreon community, which is raising funds for Liberty in North Korea's Underground Railroad for refugees. You can find out how you can be involved and how you can also get regular Christian fiction ebooks and audiobooks and sometimes even paperbacks when you join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash Alana Terry. And now enjoy today's episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast, bringing you today's episode of Torn Asunder. Chapter
1: 16 Soon's stomach flipped when General Sin swung open the door. Why isn't the interrogation room ready? Soon jumped up, shuffling papers on top of his message from Mr. Kim in San He. He hadn't had time to decipher the entire letter yet. He snapped to attention. Yes, sir, he replied with what he hoped was enough enthusiasm. The interrogation room, sir. I'll clean it right now. He hurried out the door, grabbing the bucket and mop on his way. He wasn't sure which he hated more, getting the interrogation room ready or cleaning it up after a round of questioning. He knew it shouldn't matter to him, but it was always harder when the prisoners were Christian. Maybe it was because of the nightmares he had about taking his turn in the torture chair, his wrists and ankles bound with metal straps, his head locked in a restraint, his screams ripped out of his throat, like those of so many other victims he had witnessed. Before he slipped into the room, he spared a few extra seconds to raise his eyes to the chart hanging on the door. Transfer from Ansong, name Levi, charged with espionage, threatening national security, trained by American missionaries from Yanji. Soon swallowed hard. He had to get out of Chongjin. General Sin lingered near Soon's desk. Soon was an idiot if he thought he could hide anything. General Sin's eyes were as sharp as a hawk's. Here in the Chongjin jail, he was omniscient. He straightened the collar of his uniform, nudging a few files over. He soon found the document Soon had tried to cover up. The encryption barely slowed down his reading h arrived and is recovering her health should be ready for work by winter so the girl was at the sonny safe house now strange coincidence the news reached him right before he questioned another one of those american trained secret seminary graduates general sin adjusted the papers on the desk he'd deal with soon later i swear i don't know what you're talking about Huge drops of sweat beaded on Levi's brow. Soon turned away, the bile rising up in his throat as he watched General Sin question the Christian prisoner. "'We've already captured two of your comrades. We know about your little secret seminary. Your espionage training isn't quite a secret anymore now, is it?' The boy was shaking. Soon could hear his teeth chattering. I don't know what you mean. Soon had worked in Chongjin long enough to know this interrogation wouldn't last much longer. He already saw the blank look of defeat in the boy's eyes. Soon swallowed once, but it did nothing to soothe the disgust wedged in the back of his throat. General Sin switched a small lever and soon had just enough time to brace himself before the prisoner's squeal reverberated off the walls. His writhing body reminded soon of a squirrel shaken around in a dog's jaws. The general finally flicked the device off, and the only sound was of Levi's weak whimpering. General Sin stared down at him, his features etched in granite, his expression terrifying and cold. You will give us the details of your mission. You will tell us everything you know. Who were you planning to meet? Moses. The boy cleared his throat weakly. I was trying to find Moses. Soon's legs threatened to buckle beneath him. General Sin's expression was impossible to decode. He leaned in so close to the prisoner that soon couldn't even see his lips move, but the general's growl rang out through the silence of the cell. You lie! Levi hung his head but said nothing. There is no Moses. General Sin grabbed the prisoner by the chin and forced his head up. Who told you about Moses? Who fed you these lies? The Americans? General Sin bellowed, his spittle landing on the prisoner's cheek. Levi didn't respond. Was he still conscious? Soon leaned backward, his heart pounding. Run! Get away from Chongjin! Leave the jail forever! Flee the country! But his party-relegated boots stuck fast to the hard, unyielding cement floor. Increase the voltage! General Sin demanded. I think he's passed out. Soon's voice frightened even himself. The general's head jerked up at its tiny squeak. He's passed out, Soon insisted. Then call me when he wakes up. The general stormed out, slamming the door. Its echo shook the hollow space in Soon's chest. General Sin's finger quivered once as he lit his cigarette. Moses! He slammed his fist onto his desk, jostling the pile of papers that loomed near the edge. Moses! He kicked the metal trash can and sent it clanging into one of his desk legs, its contents spewed over. Moses! He glowered at the phone on his desk and took one more drag before picking up the receiver. His hand was steady as he punched the numbers to Camp 22's director. This is General Jai bong It seems we have a situation here in Chongjin. As soon as she heard someone approaching, Hannah stopped humming to herself. So Young peeked in through the crack in the door. I'm sorry to bother you. Hannah could barely hear her words. My father wishes to speak with you. Do you need help getting up? Hannah shook her head. Her leg had been growing stronger with each week she spent in Mr. Kim's safe house. Her gait was still slow, but she could move around now with only the slightest trace of a limp. Her other wounds from Jin had scarred over, and usually only bothered her at night. She had grown to hate the darkness— and would have asked Mr. Kim for an extra candle if she didn't fear he'd scoff at the extravagance of her request. She slid out of bed, holding her breath when she put her weight on her injured leg. So Young made a move to come in, but Hannah held up her hand. She didn't need assistance, not for something as simple as walking. She made her way to the living room, where Mr. Kim sat with a book open on his lap. "'Take a seat,' he mumbled without looking up. So Young floated soundlessly out of the room. Hannah watched her leave with the first pangs of trepidation gnawing inside her belly. Ever since she arrived at the safe house, she had rehearsed Mr. Kim's rules to herself several times a day. She even tried to obey the impossible ones. Like his edict against listening to conversations with outsiders, the walls just weren't thick enough. Mr. Kim frowned, but she was used to his severe expression by now. Your leg is healed. He placed his book on the table between them. Yes, sir. She was about to mention how helpful So Young had been when he continued. You realized that you were saved from the Chongjin jail for a specific purpose. She nodded. She replayed her last minutes in Chongjin, with torturous regularity, trying to understand why she was sent here while Simon was left behind. There are some leaders of the North Korean church who believe you are an asset to their cause, Mr. Kim stated. Have you heard of a man named Moses? She paused. She had heard of him on more than one occasion at the safe house, but never out in the open. Her pulse quickened, and she was thankful he didn't give her time to answer. Moses is a pillar. If it were not blasphemous to say so, I would go so far as to call him the cornerstone of the North Korean church. His influence stretches all the way from this side of the border to Pyongyang itself. She didn't know what to say, She never heard Mr. Kim speak so reverently about anybody. She thought about Simon, about the plans he had for his ministry. He had never said so in words, but she understood by his prayers, by his body language, by his shining eyes whenever he talked about the underground church, that he held lofty ambitions. Had he heard of Moses before? Had he hoped to one day achieve such success for the kingdom of God? She didn't realize she had lost the flow of the conversation until Mr. Kim cleared his throat impatiently. She glanced around as if the room itself might hint at what she should say next. Yes, sir, she answered and felt the warmth creeping up to her cheeks. You're not afraid, then? Mr. Kim leaned toward Hannah. For the first time in her entire stay at the safe house, he looked directly into her eyes. Her lip trembled, but she shook her head without diverting her gaze. Good, he declared. Be ready tomorrow. She hoped he didn't hear her suck in her breath. She bit her bottom lip. Tomorrow? She racked her brain to try to catch the word she missed while daydreaming. Yes. Yes. Mr. Kim stood up and adjusted his shirt. Moses wants to interview you. He'll be here a few hours before sunrise. Chapter 17 Hannah had trouble sleeping, even on normal nights. There was no way she could rest now. Thoughts and questions raced through her mind, each vying for her focus, warring for her attention. Who was this Moses, and what did he want with her? If he had been involved in her rescue from Chongjin, could she convince him to help Simon as well? The front door of the safe house creaked open, even though the sun had set hours ago. Hannah heard its groaning hinges, and hundreds of tingles pranced up and down her back. Was Moses already here? She drew the covers up to her chin and waited. Mr. Kim's firm footsteps sounded near the entryway. "'Good evening, Uncle.' At the sound of Quan's voice, Hannah released her hold on the quilt. At least it was someone she knew. But what had Mr. Kim meant when he mentioned an interview? The only interviews Hannah knew of were the kind that took place behind locked doors of interrogation rooms. "'Surely Moses didn't intend to harm her,' And if he did, Mr. Kim would never allow it. Would he? Mr. Kim grunted a greeting. Hannah heard the scuffle of chairs as he and Quan took their seats in the kitchen. She pictured Quan warming his hands in the steam from Mr. Kim's bitter tea, and she shivered with cold. There was already a light covering of snow on the mountains. She often wondered how Simon was faring, wherever he was, and she prayed for a mild winter. When will he be meeting with her? Tomorrow. Hannah often wondered how So Young had developed such a gracious manner of speaking when her father's style was so brusque. It took a while for Quan to respond. Where's the interview? Up the mountain, hermit's cabin. What time? Early. Early their volume decreased. Hannah rolled onto her side and thought about the beloved resting her head on her lover's shoulder in the Song of Solomon. She hummed softly to herself, trying not to eavesdrop, but patches of conversation still drifted through to her. Take her myself. Still injured, you know. Slow you down. She stayed awake long after the voices ceased. There's a new believer here. He's met Moses. At this declaration, the usual calm of the underground meeting vanished. Disregarding the usual appeal for deliberation and prayer, before inviting new guests, the men reached up and nearly dragged the wide-eyed new arrival down the ladder. Before he even sat down, they barraged him with a cacophony of questions— Does Moses know anything about the believers here? Has he said anything about Camp 22? Is he in good health? Is there a way to ask him to send a message to my sister? Can he get us a Bible, do you suppose? Malchin had to raise his whisper to a forceful hiss to calm the group down. Give the kid some space. The prisoners reluctantly stepped back. That's better. Malchin turned to the newcomer. So, it's true that you've met Moses? The boy swallowed hard, and the sound of his constricting throat carried through the silence. Once. That single word invited a new wave of interrogations. How old is he? Did he mention who he works with? What are his connections in Pyongyang? It was several minutes before Mao Chin and the overseer finally quieted everyone back down, and that only succeeded after they threatened to disband the meeting. Once everyone was seated, Mao Chin beckoned to the guest. "'If we promise to listen calmly, will you tell us what you know?' Simon saw the prisoner's lower jaw quiver ever so slightly— I met Moses about two years ago. Everyone instinctively leaned forward. It was across the border at a safe house there. Where was the safe house? Another man asked. What town? A nudge from Malchin silenced him. The newcomer took a shaky breath before he continued. I was like you. I had heard legends about him. When I got the chance to meet him, I was terrified, scared he wouldn't be everything I thought he was. He paused and stared hard at the men surrounding him. But he was, and even more. How does he cross the border so many times without getting caught, do you think? How often does he visit Pyongyang? When does he expect we'll all be free? Simon asked as many questions as the others, and even Mao Chin joined in with a few of his own. It grew obvious there would be no more reasonable discussion, so the men dispersed with plans to meet again in four nights. Simon noticed the unusual lightness in Mao Chin's step as they returned to the mass of sleeping prisoners, but he only felt tired. So, Moses wasn't just a myth. But what good would that do tomorrow when Simon took his blistered hands and shoveled coal all day long? Would I witness proof of Moses' existence bring him one step closer to seeing Hannah again, before the National Security Agency killed them both? He stayed awake long after Mal Chin's contented snores joined in with all the other nighttime sounds in the Camp 22 dorm.
0: You've been listening to the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Today's episode is an installment of Torn Asunder, written by me, Alana Terry, and narrated by Pamela Lawrence. This season of the Unabridged Audiobook Podcast is sponsored by our Patreon community, where you can get regular Christian fiction audiobooks, ebooks, and even paperbacks. And all the funds that we raise go directly to Liberty and North Korea's Underground Railroad for refugees. You can find out more or get involved today at patreon.com slash Alana Terry. Thanks again for listening to today's show. Please don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time for the next installment of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Have a great day and we'll talk to you soon.